Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we are in the first of a series of shows about relationships and marriage. And now we've got Kathy Krafke, who's a marriage expert. She's written a book on marriage, and she's going to come from the perspective of of a long-term marriage, and she has children who are married. Now, Rob, Robin Boyd, just celebrated, she and her husband just celebrated their 40th anniversary, so they're going to give tips, tricks and techniques that they use to keep their marriage going. And I guess um, since I've been divorced for eight years, I will be giving you the things not to do. I don't don't even know what my (laughs) role is today, um, you know, in marriage, but I definitely will not be dull. Um, Kathy Krafke, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sandra. You're never dull. What will we do without you? <laughs> so, okay, girls, you guys have been married. Kathy, how long have you and your husband been married? Dave and I've been married since 1983, which is 30, it'll be 34 years of summer. 34 years of summer. And Rob, you just celebrated your 40th. And uh, yeah. Rob, your husband served in Vietnam. So, you know a little bit about the military family, the military lifestyle. Um, and, you know, how, if, if you were advising young women today, like this is the thing, you know, we've got women listening to Military Mom who are, you know, first time military moms, they're newly married to their service member. They might be the service member themselves and newly married, either with or without a child. But we also have moms that listen to this show, we know from from people writing in, that are the parents of service members. So they're in their 40s, 50s, and 60s listening in uh, because they are the parents of service members. Because when we named this military mom, Rob, we just figured it would cover anybody, even aunts, uncles, and grandmas, anybody who cares for a service member. And then as things changed, our our ladies became service members more and more, you know, 20% of the military now is female. So these are some big, um, big deals when we talk about love and relationship and marriage. I'm going to go to Kathy Crafty first. I was going to ask you for the young wives listening today, can you give them kind of like an overview of how your marriage changed. And Rob, I'm going to go to you, like from marriage to adding one kid, to adding multiple kids to kids coming out of the household. I know that's a big, you know, 25 span year of time, but how did you change as a woman during that time? Well, I, I think, I thank you for asking. And before we get any further, I just want to thank Robin for her service to our country. I, I love my Vietnam veteran friends and I love their wives and, and I appreciate so much the sacrifices that were made. In fact, I love the fact that that generation really taught us what gave us words to understand what P, PTSD is. And I've interviewed so many World War II veterans that were post-traumatic stress disorder um, experience. They experienced that and they didn't even have words for it till the Vietnam 
NOM guys right. came home and identified it. So I just I just don't ever miss a chance to thank people when I get a chance to. So thank you for that. Thank you. And then as far as marriage goes, as far as my own kids, now that I have, well, first of all, Sandra, you know enough of my story to know, I was really kind of horrified and, and embarrassed and humiliated when my kids came of age because my marriage was was on the rocks, really, and I didn't know how to fix it. And I, 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 it amazed me that our daughters had the kind of confidence where they could jump into a marriage themselves. I figured that would slow them down, but I guess there's something about stamina that that speaks to my kids because they have been so brave and courageous and victorious in beginning their marriages. Now, our oldest daughter's been married about almost 10 years, and so she she was the one that just took that step of faith when I probably would have been afraid if I, if I was her. If I was watching my parents have the marriage I, I was experiencing that, at that moment, I think I would have been afraid to commit, but she and her husband weren't, and they, they're so so beautiful in the way they partner together. And we've learned a lot from them. But my my overarching thing is I always tell young mothers, marriage changes every five years because we change. So things will be different. If you can hang on a few more years, you might find out you've been through your worst part of your marriage ever. I think so many times um, my advice to young people has have been, do you love this person the way they are right now? And do you do you see yourself content with this person? I know so many times people will say, oh, well, once we get married, we'll, I'll, I'll make him do this. Or once we get married, maybe he'll, he'll change a little and do that. You don't worry about the what ifs down the road because you have to exist with this person and love them, love them for who they are right now. Because that, yes, you're both going to change, but you're going to change together. Or, and sometimes maybe it's not together. Sometimes they change a little and you have to ebb and flow and that you might be you changing a little and you have to ebb and flow but you can never go into any relationship with the premise that oh well once we're together and committed to each other that this that or the other will change because you have to take them for who they are I was just sitting here thinking like I should have listened, you know, so many of my friends and family cautioned me on marrying the person I did. You know, there were, I'm trying to think if anyone in my sphere of influence was like, yippee ki yay, you guys are perfect for each other. Um, you know, I, my advice just, you know, from being the, you know, the, the divorced one of the group or recycled, I like to call myself recycled. It sounds so much better. Um, but that, you know, really give mine to your family and friends, you know, yes, you ultimately have to make your decision like I did, but, and I'm not sorry that I got married. You know, I have two wonderful children as a result, but, um, when I look in hindsight, I, I think I would have proceeded more carefully or listened a little more. And I guess, you know, when you're young, you don't listen. I didn't. Yeah. Did you listen, Kathy? (laughs) Yes. I, I will say, I think Dave and I had staying power in our advantage, and and he's such bless his heart he's such, he's probably the only person I know that's as stubborn as I am, so that also translates into long suffering and pers- persevering and loyal. Sometimes we look at those attributes and we don't see them for the positive thing they can be, especially when you're young. 
you know, it's just easy to see the negative and not the positive when you're a young person and you're in a close, intimate kind of setting. It just triggers all kinds of responsibilities to be mature. And when you're young, that's just that's just harder. Or at least I don't know if it is for everybody. For me, it was harder to be mature then than it is now. How old were you when you got married? Well, I was 24 when I got married. Mm-hmm. Um, but And I think my faith has made an impact on how I perceive things. So I was a fairly young believer, too. And and coming into marriage with only a few years of being a Christian fo- Christ follower, for me, I think that that changed my mindset so much that I think that that is part of the equation, in my case, at least. Kathy, did you have common interests or were you intrigued by David when you first met him? Oh, I love that question. A little of both. Um, he was just about the most handsome human being I've ever seen. And I, I still think that, by the way. <laughs> I still think he's a good-looking man, you know. I'm always proud to be with him. And and so, anyway, I, I don't know if that matters. That's so superficial. But, you know, let's just tell the truth. Why not? Right. <laughs> But there's that desire. There's that. Uh, yeah, I, I have to say it, it is chemistry. And I have to because Stephen and I only knew each other for six months before we walked down the aisle. And I think people thought, well, it's either a shotgun marriage or she's just <laughs> really needing somebody or whatever, you know, whatever anybody thought. I don't know. But the fact that um, there was that chemistry and we we truly there was something that we found very easy in talking to each other. It was very comfortable. We didn't feel like, uh, even the first date, we weren't nervous on our first date. We enjoyed talking to each other, and that was a good beginning. I I, I think that was a good indication. Um, And I think maybe nowadays people, because they are more independent early on, you have people who are uh, either in college or or graduating from college and having jobs and then settling down. Many young people are not going from their parents' home right into a marriage, maybe the way, say, younger people did in my generation or maybe a little uh, before me. you know, we were we had careers and ambition, and then marriage uh, or our relationship came about. How, and how old were you, Robin, when you got married? I was twenty-two when I got married, and um, it was um, I had been out. I had I was a teacher. I was um, living out of the home for a couple of out of my parents' home for a couple of years, so I was a little more independent. So I kind of had that self-esteem, and I was a little maybe. I I knew what I wanted, but I more so knew what I didn't want. Um, And I think that helped a lot. But um, Kathy, we do have a break coming up on it in just about a minute. Uh, You said you were how old when you were married, Kathy? 24. 24. So you'd been out and about a little bit before. Yeah. Before you got married. Yeah. I I don't know. I think... um, 
you have a little more uh, of an idea of what you want in a relationship, I think, at that point in time. I hope I would assume because people have sort of uh, had a little chance to know what relationship meant to them. Uh, it, it becomes a little more um, of what you don't want in a relationship. I remember dating somebody just before I was dating Stephen, and there were certain things that this person would do that just drove me crazy. I said, oh, my God, I can't live with this person. <laughs> yeah, This just isn't going to work. <laughs> Well, on the other side of the break, we're going to have a lot more to talk about with Kathy Grabke. We'll be right back after these messages today on Military Mom Talk Radio. Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velocity is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. It's Merging women need larger parking spaces? The owners of the Togla Rest Stop in southeastern China think so. They have created a number of parking spaces that are 50% larger, designated for female drivers, with the international symbol for women and outlined in pink. When asked by a Chinese newspaper why they felt the need to enlarge the parking spaces for women drivers, a lot manager explained that they observed female drivers having a difficult time parking, which slowed down the order of traffic. I admit I'm a bit of a baby bummel or bungler when it comes to parking, but is this really necessary? Actually, I was complimented on my parking the other day. Someone left a note that said, Parking? Fine. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, 
Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we are talking about marriage today. This is the first in our marriage series, and if you like what you hear today, go to iTunes under Military Mom Talk Radio. You can also go to MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com to find this episode and many more helpful uh, episodes like this. Now, when we were on break, we were talking about some of the specific, unique characteristics of the military marriage and or the military relationship, because if you're like me and you got burned once by marriage, you're not uh, in any hurry to run down the aisle anytime soon. And I had a long-standing five-year relationship with a military commander, also single, uh, and a father of children, you know, divorced. And it was really hard because the separation were hard. Rob, you had to listen to me during those years. Um, And, you know, I never knew where in the world he was going or what he was doing, and that was frustrating. And then on top of it, I would blab for like an hour about my day and then he couldn't he couldn't tell me what he worked on he couldn't tell me what he did and you know and it got very frustrating um and it was very hard to stay connected because for many times I felt like it was one-sided I'm sharing 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 and he's not and you know pile the separation um on top of that and it's tough it is it's a rough road to hoe um and kathy in your marriage you had a lot of separation and then rob you guys had separation and you know you could only write letters so what advice do you have or what you know you know i want to honor the military family and how difficult it can be with just some of these um strategic uh, considerations. And of course, let's not forget how many times people have to move. So you've got moving on top of it and uprooting. And, you know, it's hard to make stable, long lasting friendships that aren't on Skype or email or telephone. So these are some of the unique considerations faced by our military service personnel and their families. And so girls, I'm going to ask you, what's your techniques to keep your marriages together and thriving? Go ahead, Kathy. Well, I'm, I'm just going to start with one foundational thing. You know, there's a wonderful verse that says, without a vision, the people perish. And so early in our marriage, David went ahead and made us a family mission statement, which I thought was crazy. I didn't even know what a mission statement was. This was probably 20 years ago and, or maybe longer. And so there wasn't a lot written on it at the time. Now I work with nonprofits all the time, and I know that everybody has a mission statement. Uh, so it's not that you know, mind boggling. But at the time I didn't have a clue what he was doing. I don't know where he got the idea, but I'll just read you ours. Cause I think it's made a big difference on how willing we are to become very intimate and vulnerable with each other. So this is ours. The purpose of our family is to create a safe place, a home where people feel free and safe to be real and to know God the way he truly is. But when we first, when Dave first wrote that, I had no idea. I mean, I just, I said, I mean, I put it on my bulletin board and then it got thrown away. So we had to go back and go, what was that you said that was really good? Let's use that. I do love that because it sort of gives you a bind. Uh, it binds you in that relationship more, even more than your wedding vows because um, th- the purpose of a mission statement is to uh, be a consistent uh, binding of all that that is whether it be an organization whether it be a relationship a household a marriage um and i do like that we we would try very hard to um 
when Steve was home, uh, but he was busy, I would try and leave notes for him. I would try to um, uh, make sure that there was at least a message, whatever is in your day, I am with you, or, or something of, of that nature. And that was sort of his... Um, he would keep that note with him, and I would keep a note from him. And uh, we may not be able to experience each other's day equally, but at least we knew in our hearts, our hearts were connected, our souls were bound. Um, and that was what had to help us get through. Um, there are times that we can't uh, listen to the other side. They can't share what we've done, but we have to trust that they are are doing their day and give them the strength of support that they know that we're behind them. And the, the, it's the other way around just as easily. I love that. And I think that's such a hard role for the wife to be home and mm-hmm. military marriage. I loved what Sandra introduced this section with that military families mm-hmm. do, do face some really unique challenges and I remember, I, I can't imagine doing that all the time on deployment. It, it just blows my mind that families have that kind of fortitude and sacrificial attitude that they would do that in honor of freedom and for the sake of the rest of us. I can hardly even do this show without crying, honestly. I'm so grateful. But I remember when Dave was gone, there were things we would do. And and the and when we were laughing about it, my daughter and I, when I asked her what I could say that might encourage other women who have husbands perhaps deployed or wives. Mm -hmm. Then the spouse at home, she said, well, mom, whenever dad was gone, there was a sort of different rhythm. And I actually liked, she said she liked both rhythms, but it is true that when one of the spouses is gone, the other one can kind of do, can kind of relax on some of the things that matter when you're together. And you, you can focus more on the kids and that is difficult but it's also fun sometimes. So the rhythm is different, but it is kind of a blessing in a way. It can be. There's so many things that I think were important to us in in all of our years. The one thing when we were when he was home, um, we would try very hard to do was to have coffee together in the morning. We owned a small business for a while. Then he was on the road quite a bit with. Uh, his business, we would start the day at least with a cup of coffee and we would try not to put the news on. We would definitely just listen to music or whatever. This would be before the kids would get up and this would be our time to at least begin the day. Uh, we may not see each other for the rest of the day until that next point the following day. And that gave us sort of our foundation. The other thing that we try to do is every so often the TV goes off, we just listen to music. And interestingly, the music many times will be the catalyst to unveiling things that may not have been able to be expressed before. For example, there's a song, um, and uh, it's, uh, uh, I can't remember the title of the song, but uh, the, this man buys a car from an old lady and come to find out it's a Corvette and it had a note inside. If you found this note, that means I didn't come home, take this car and make it your own. This created such a conversation for Stephen and I. He talked so much about when the guys would be uh, out on deployment and they'd be on a mission and they'd be out in the wilderness, wherever they were. They wouldn't sit there and talk about what they were going to 
what they wanted in a girl or what they wanted at home. They would talk about their cars. And this totally brought a whole different aspect to, one, why are men so caring about their car? But it was that was their connection to home, was talking about their cars. It was something that I had, like, no, it was such a foreign concept to me. But through this music came an an, a facet of my husband that I guess I never realized. Um, so I love spending time every so often. The TV is off, the music is on, and we just flip through a playlist, and each song brings back a memory or brings back a connection. And those are the things that tie the marriage. I love that. Robin, I'm sitting here picturing you drinking coffee, but I'm, I'm going to share this quote. It's one of my favorite from Brene Brown. She says, I'm convinced that there's a song, a dance, and a path to laughter for every human emotion. And uh-huh. I got to tell you, when you first started sharing that story about having coffee and just making that a priority, I was actually thinking of you with your cup raised in the air dancing with your husband. Because, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of emotionally what was happening there, that sweet dance of intimacy of the two of you together. You're so right, Kathy, in that intimacy has so many definitions. And I think the pleasure of of contentment is can be mm-hmm. just as intimate as any physical act could ever be. I love that. The pleasure of contentment. I'm actually writing that down. Can I quote you on that? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> That just kind of came up, but it's true because (laughs) intimacy evolves in a relationship. It's never going to be the same as that first hot night that you had. It's going to um, be the beginning and it's going to grow and it's going to change and it will never, uh, it doesn't mean that it has to be less. There are going to be times that it, intimacy has to be put on the back burner. But I think there's going to be those times that if you have a relationship that is building and is becoming stronger, those are the times that um, will sustain you when there is a glitch, when there is a rocky episode. You're going to then wait it out, figure out the problem, work it out, because God knows we have we've had issues. We we have not been bliss for 40 years. We've certainly had some challenges, but uh, finding the way to process those challenges, I think is difficult. And somehow the intimacy that is that deep soul, that bound, your soul is bound to this other person that gives you that intuition, that strength, that ability to carry through and become a, a stronger marriage and, and relationship on the other side. Yeah, I love that. I, I wanna I wanna just bounce this off of you and Sandra too. The mm-hmm. idea of you you said I don't know any marriages. Like when we started to, Dave and I just made a decision because we had looked for someone to give us good advice and we ended up paying a counselor which we love him and respect and are grateful to him but we were just looking for another older couple that would tell us the truth and I mean nobody wanted to share at the kind of level that we needed and and consequently we've just made this decision ourselves that now we're past several different stages of marriage we're going to share openly and let people know they can come I love that 
But we want to share more on the other side of the break, Kathy. We've got a break right here. And on the other side, let's pick that up again. Because sharing uh, not only with our children, and we seem to be an example to our children, but sharing with others. So we're here with Kathy Kravke today on Military Mom Talk Radio. Don't go away. We have more. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. Welcome to Geraldine Tegelove Live, the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author and intuitive, Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. Gain a fresh perspective on how to redefine, reinvent, and rebuild your life. Join Geraldine Tegelove live every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. It's words you never heard. By the time this show is over, you'll blink at least 30 times. The average person normally blinks about 20 times per minute or 17,000 times a day. A faster rate usually indicates anxiety or emotional stress. What's the word for someone who blinks a lot? A squint of FIGO. FBI agents have identified a specific type of blink that they directly associate with gambler staying. That's a person who tends toward deception and fraud. Attorneys, also known as pedophoggers, look for blinking when they have people on the stand. The eyelash flutter means they really do not like the question at all. Women blink more than men, but when a man blinks at a woman, he always appreciates a wink back. What's another word for flirting? Huzzlecoo. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and this is the first in our marriage series with Kathy Kraftke. Now, for those of you that are not married or those of you who are kind of sitting over here all bitter and divorced, I won't say who, but it could be me. Um, This is a great show to listen to because it gives us insight into what works. For those of us that are divorced or recycled, we know a lot of what doesn't work, but we might be mystified, I know I am, on what does work. And so, you know, hearing what worked for Kathy and Robin, who have navigated long-term relationships filled with separations and military service and children and grandchildren is really, I think, great for the rest of us to listen 
listen and for you know our married uh, moms out there to pick up tips tricks and techniques and for those who are dating and want to want to sustain a long-term relationship whether it leads to marriage or not this type of intimacy building um and and like a glimpse into the future for those of us whose moms have passed on or we might not have relationships with our moms or have parents that we can model our relationships after it's really helpful for us to get a glimpse into robin and kathy's lives Kathy, I think it's so important. It, you were starting to say uh, that you wanted to share with others now that you're realizing that um, your relationship is rather special. And I think it is true, these long-term relationships, whether it's a marriage relationship or just a, a, a partnership, is um, less common maybe in our society than probably it was uh, a few generations ago. Um but that doesn't mean that it isn't there to to be had for uh, young people starting out. Do you agree? Oh, definitely. And and I think it's I think it's a important to realize that when you the whole the whole goal the whole idea of marriage is to develop an intimate relationship, both physically, emotionally, and spiritually, over the course of a lifetime. So you, it's difficult to do that if you don't start with the idea that this is going to be a commitment for the rest of my life. And I would just say, I'm when I married, I was looking at 50 years because that's what I'd seen my grandparents do. And my, my parents were struggling at that moment, but but they have been, they were married 50 years when my dad died. But in our in our family culture, 50 years was the goal. But I would also say at the same time, since there's a lot of heart disease in our family, we always try to live this day like this could be it. And that does change how you treat people. So I personally think it's a perfect balance looking at marriage like it's 50 years from now. We're still going to be together. And at the same time, like today might be the last day and the last chance I get to tell you I love you. It's true. And I think flirting with each other is fun. But also telling each other how much you mean. In fact, Stephen and I did renew our vows uh, for our 40th. It was actually on the actual day we did renew our vows. But each day we do try to commit to each other. We, um, We have a moment that we'll really say, um, I do love you. Or Stephen will look at me and say, you, you are such a beautiful woman. And he's not talking physically because certainly, uh, there are many people prettier than me, but we're not talking, uh, superficial. We're talking in inside intimacy. Um, and, but I think the fact that we can express that to each other, that we're not just talking physical we are talking about what is important to each other inside um that's so important now kathy you said your children uh your daughter has been married 10 years did you say and do you have another child as well i have two daughters and a son in college so there was a bit of a gap we had our two daughters close together and then we had a break of about 10 years and then we had a son so Mm. that's that's my family, but and the two older daughters are in their thirties, so they're married and they have beautiful families. And there's no reward like being a grandmother. It's just about the sweetest thing. I can I can't even believe how wonderful it 
Yes. I, oh, I, how wonderful. Yeah, I used to hear grandmothers talk about that, and I'd kind of roll my eyes. But now I know it's ridiculous <laughs> how we love to talk about our grandbabies. It's true. Sam, did you have a grandmother that was special to you when no. you were little? You no. didn't have grandparents nearby. Well, I had, yeah. I had grandparents, but they were very traditional German, very cold, very, um, you know, and they were survivors. You know, they were survivors coming from Germany and, and you know, they didn't speak the language, came here and, and formed shops. And, you know, my grandfather was a butcher, but they weren't warm and friendly, but they were a functional marriage. There were lots of functional marriages in my family. Now, my dad loved my mom to the ends of the earth, you know he just would look at her and light up. And, you know, my mom was, you know, the product of a single mom. And she, she was very um, conservative, reserved about her affections. And, and so, you know, when I look at marriage models, you know, I saw a lot of examples of utilitarian um, marriages. I don't know, other than my dad and my mom, I don't know how much were like the great romance. Interesting, but yet they were a strong marriage, and they how, how long were they married when your mom died? Oh, they were fifty, you know, fifty-one oh, years. Oh my gosh! See, so yeah, wow. I mean, they were, but but you didn't get divorced in my family. You know, my cousin Kevin uh, and I, you know, we were the groundbreakers, and then you know, my cousins Melinda and Holly followed soon after, and then it was a trend. But um, you know, divorce wasn't a big. Uh, it it wasn't of that generation, I don't think. It's one true. The, it's one true. One of the things I discovered when I was researching for my book is, in fact, I can recommend the book that I re- first read this in. Stephanie Coots wrote a wonderful book called Mar- Marriage a History. And in it, she makes a really good point, and that is longevity has increased so much that my grandparents, which were World War II people, my, my grandfather was a World War II vet, they, they were married— they were six months away from being married 50 years when my grandmother died. But that's a rare, that was a rare thing before, before the invention of penicillin, for instance. And also women died in childbirth before the 1930s. It was only the 1920s when uh, American doctors began to recognize that germs were spread the way they're spread. They, they just didn't understand it. So longevity means that in our grandparents' generation are really the first ones to have the opportunity to live together 50 years. And I don't know if other people out there find that encouraging, but I really, I was so encouraged to realize we're doing something that's very unusual. When we commit to a 50-year marriage, it's only three generations that have had the opportunity to do that. And I think that makes people, you know, if you, and a lot of people go 25, 30 years, and then they get divorced. Well, I mean, Okay, that's still such an accomplishment. It's disappointing and heartbreaking to divorce. I know that. But I don't know. There was something so encouraging to me about the idea that we're doing something that's never been done in history before. What an interesting perspective, Kathy. I I found it kind of freeing. Like, okay, the people around me that have been married 50 years and they didn't want to tell me that it was hard – well, they're only like the first generation to do that. So maybe they didn't have anybody telling them it was hard. They they kind of had to figure it out themselves. I think that's such a challenge uh, 
for a young person because if, for example, Sandra saw a very utilitarian relationship, yet it was a strong relationship. Your father loved your mother, um, but there was a lot of uh, functional purpose in your mother's life. And she raised a beautiful family and she uh, obviously was successful because look at the outstanding adults you all have become. Bright, successful, uh, and um, now carrying on that those values that she set forth. I, I think everybody has to appreciate that in that it's an individual relationship. Not every relationship is going to be the hearts and romance and the valentines and and the flowers every every other week or whatnot. There are different ways to show your. Um, dedication to each other and i think that's important well and this is i want to put this question up here you know when i was in my 20s the purpose of marriage was to have a family to get a house raise some kids have a couple dogs like you know that was a big part of my you know viewpoint but now when i look at okay my kids are are 10 and 13 and i really question like you know why does somebody get married after divorce like why would you get married again and my dad had a really funny thing he said have you seen the 73 dollars in your bank account he said that's a good reason he goes (laughs) much more sand he's like that's a good reason But, you know, these days, marriage takes on so many different shapes and forms. Marriages between men, marriages between women. You know, we've got our May-September marriages. You know, it's it's amazing to me. And so I get turned around going like, well, what what is marriage anyway? It's so true. And there again, every it's it's a custom built. Uh, existence. It's not going to be the same, but being brave to explore what the other person has, to be um, mindful of what you want in a relationship. You're not going to say, you now, Sandra, will never settle for something that isn't right for you and your children. You are going to definitely be your own person and you're going to expect, uh, you know what to expect in what you need in a relationship. And I, I hope so, you know. I know we're going to the break, so I'll just be really quick. But I I see uh, I, we have we have so many friends that are in their second marriage, and they come into it with a whole different perspective. So when Dave and I are around certain couples, the tender way they look in their to each other's eyes, that in itself inspires me and makes me we, – we sometimes leave this one couple and we say, we've got to try to be that tender. <laughs> it's so I mean, it just it – just, hits us like balm or oil on our skin it's just so so sweet to be around them oh isn't that wonderful and isn't it wonderful to have uh someone who gives you that feeling because then it i think it just uh leads more into your own relationship i think that's wonderful they're so precious Oh, <laughs> we had some elders too in our lives, but I, I, my grandmother had been married three times. Uh, so she, uh, for her generation, that was pretty rare. Um, and, uh, so it, it is interesting, but yet 
I saw the love that my grandmother had for her last husband, and that was an inspiration to me as well. Today, we're with Kathy Kravke, and I want to give you her website, Kathy, C-A-T-H-Y, Kravke, K-R-A-F-V-E.com. We'll be back. We'd love to hear from you. Check us out at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Our shows are available on iTunes anytime from 0 hundred hours to 2359. For now, stay right where you are. There's more Military Mom Talk Radio after these messages. LinkedIn, it's a great tool and a great way to do business in today's social media-driven world. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady with the LinkedIn Lady Show, Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern on allbusinessradionetwork.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is designed to inform, inspire, and educate businesses. Every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose. And the LinkedIn Lady will interview a variety of guests, such as business owners who can showcase their business and talk about how they use social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. As trends change and new applications become available, the LinkedIn Lady Show will bring that information to you in an easy-to-use, fun, and engaging way. Every Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with Carol McManus on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. Foot? According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymist and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break and don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer and most of all, be honest. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we're visiting with Kathy Kraftke today, and we're going to get to the tips, tricks, and techniques section of our episode today, which is my favorite part, which is what are some good markers, and we're not talking Crayola markers, the kind we have to clean off the walls, we're talking about markers in our marriage and our relationship. Kathy Kraftke. Well, I love it that you brought up markers because, you know, the children of Israel were instructed by God to put out stones in the River Jordan the second time they passed it to remind them of God's faithfulness. And so I love the idea of putting out a marker, even just a rock in your backyard that reminds you. For me, there's a lot of them in my marriage, but but one of the big ones, and I share this in my book, is the moment when I confessed to my husband that I had had an unplanned pregnancy that i chose to end an abortion before he was ever in the picture. And I married him without ever sharing that information. So that was pretty 
it was pretty intense. And I had a lot of insecurity in that moment. But because he responded with so much compassion and tenderness towards me, and that was pretty early in our marriage, I want to say about five or six years into it. From then on, that became this huge marker for me because I knew I was blessed to have a man like that that would love me in spite of that wound and terrible traumatic experience and decision-making process that I had been through, to have a man like that care about me and respond so graciously to me when I told him really became a very big marker for me about why I loved him and why I wanted to be devoted to him for a lifetime. I think so many times, um, we think of saving uh, a movie ticket stub or we think of um, saving one flower out of a bouquet. Yeah. But that can definitely be more than just uh, something sentimental. It definitely becomes a marker because maybe it was um, this, the, the, the beginning of a new phase it could maybe it was uh, just a lineal maybe after 10 years we're going on to our 20 that could be uh the passage to the next phase in this relationship but it also can be a reminder of your strength it can be a reminder of your bond it can be a reminder of your um the, the the faith you have in each other to be there for each other. Uh, and, and truly a relationship is not only faith in, in uh, our, our superior being, but faith in each other that we are truth, true to each other, that we are truly going to be there for each other. You know, we're talking about practical stuff. And one thing happened not too long ago, this past Valentine's Day, I cannot remember what happened in the morning, but it, it was like I started driving to work and I thought, ooh, I'm not feeling very romantic and today's Valentine's Day. And I have so many friends that don't have a Valentine. I need to be a little bit more appreciative and, and I want to be appreciated a little more than this. So I sent Dave a text and I did what I call a reboot. I just sent him a, it did, I mean, it took maybe three seconds to send him a text that said, Honey, I did not like the way that began the the way we began the morning. Can we have a reboot and do oh. talk romantically to each other? It is Valentine's Day, and I yes. got back this really sweet Valentine from him, and I I felt so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, thank God for the invention of of our phones that can text each other. There are so many times we can get very uh, emotional with each other in texts <laughs> yeah. in a very positive way. Yeah. Oh, sorry to interrupt you, but I was, I was just going to say, to me, the reboot, that's a new skill for me. It wasn't something I learned growing up, just to go back and and not have to blame or even say I'm sorry. Just I, mean, I do that quite a bit, actually, but... But also to just say, you know, that isn't exactly what I wanted. Can we just redo that? And mm. so as women, that would be one of my big advice, a big piece of advice for me is to learn to know what I actually want and ask for it. I like that, Kathy, so much. That, I think, is so valuable. We need to communicate. And it, I, 
there, there again, we get very caught up in our days. We have to put aside uh, suspicion. We have to put aside our inner guilt. We have to just say, this is face value what this day is. And if the day didn't start out well, it's not saying you could have done blah, blah, blah. You could have done this or whatever. Why didn't you? There's no blame there. It's, you know what, I, 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 let's start over. I like that so much. I think it's so easy for the next generation because they have that word reboot in their vocabulary already. You just, sure. you know, turn it off and turn it back on and just do it different the second time. That's right. That's right. Have you, you said that you um, had a counselor or somebody to talk to at various times throughout your marriage. Um, yeah. How has that given you the bridge to uh, your, your next uh devotion to each other i think for us there were there were just so many things that we were doing that were communication faux pas bad just bad training you know and it's self-indulgences maybe you could say and so for us sitting on that couch in a counselor's office it really gave us a chance to have a third party objective person for me honestly for me one of the best things was when he said to us you know, you guys have so much to be thankful for. I have people sitting in my office all the time that would trade for your marriage and your children in a heartbeat. So for me, I think one tip I would have is when I felt bitterness creeping in to, to realize how blessed I was. And certainly counseling did that for me. I, I knew I had a lot to be thankful for, but I still was unhappy because we, we had serious issues that were uh, communication-based. But Well, for one thing, he asked me what I wanted, and I didn't know what to say. I mean, I, that was worth all the money we spent on counseling right there. I came back the next month, and I had 30 things that I wanted in my marriage, but I'd never verbalized them before. So that I think that was worth all the money we spent on counseling, just that one, one little nuance for me. It, it was a light bulb moment for me. How to communicate is an art, <clears throat> and I think we have to learn not to lace it with an ultimatum. We have to learn not to lace it with um, uh, an interrogative, uh, interrogative, if that's the right way to what I'm trying to say, manner. We're not suspicious. Sus suspicious we're not suspecting you of something therefore you need to attest to to something we need to just communicate and like you say how to tell somebody what you need uh, whether it be an intimate moment or just be i i need this help in the morning because i need the bathroom before breakfast as opposed to him needing the back bathroom after breakfast. Well, how many months do you stew because, well, I didn't get the bathroom because I like to do my bath and then my makeup and then my hair versus him needing the bathroom first to shave and then be able to get, you know, it, it's mm -hmm. those kinds of things that we stumble over 
instead of just communicating right from the get-go and saying, my day needs to start this way. This is what I need. Um, and I, I love the fact, Kathy, that you're saying so clearly that having somebody in your life, whether it's a minister, whether it's a counselor, uh, a priest, uh, sort of a, a, a confidant that you both feel comfortable with, that you're not dragging the other person there out of um, an issue, you're doing this because you're strengthening your relationship. I, I really wouldn't, I would not even hesitate to go to counseling again. It's just shortens the whole process. And plus they, they talk to people all the time. So they have a great reference point on what is common problems that everybody faces so that, and that was one of our issues. We thought we had unique problems because we weren't well matched. What we found out was marriage is just hard work and everybody's, struggles to make a good marriage it's always uh involves it always involves commitment and hard work i want to just say throw one more thing out there because we're talking to people that may be far apart for months at a time and one thing that dave and i learned in our marriage was he didn't always know how to appreciate me because he's male and i'm female and it's just different we think about life differently (laughs) So I had to tutor him, and, and I, this works so well for us, I wanted to just share it in case it would hit the spot, because this is something you could do on a Skype or on a long-distance relationship. There were times when I would say to my husband, honey, you are just so lucky you're married to a woman who's as determined as I am because blah, 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 or I would just brag about myself, honey, nobody else would put up with this. I hope you realize how lucky you are to be married with to me, you know? Just dumb stuff like that, but it really helped. It, it kind of gave him a clue like, oh, you're right. I am thankful that you always do. You know, you always make the bed every morning. Thank you for that. Just anything that I wanted to be appreciated on, I learned to say to him, you are so lucky you have me because I do that for you every day. <laughs> I think, too, yeah, you have to uh, say the little things to each other, because if you're comfortable saying the little things, all of a sudden the bigger things will be easier to discuss. And when the bigger things are easier to discuss, um, it doesn't fester, it doesn't boil, it doesn't um, get out of control, and then uh, hopefully not irreconcilable. We certainly would want um, that marriage to grow. So, and Kathy, you've been such an inspiration. You're a a, a fantastic person as a, as a model exemplary uh, person to look up to as far as relationships. Um, We are so glad you were with us today and we want to make sure again, we have your website out there and it's C-A-T-H-Y, Kathy, last name Kravke, K-R-A-F-V-E.com. So definitely visit there. And as soon as that book is available, that's where we'll find it. So uh, do watch. Watch out for that book. Thanks so much for being with us, Kathy. Thank you. This was such a privilege and an honor. I'm so grateful and just loved hearing your perspective 40 years later, Robin. What an oh. <laughs> Andrew, you're always a blessing in my life. I'm just grateful for you, as you know. Thank you. Thanks, girls. Thanks, Sandra. And we'll all be back uh, soon again. So watch for our next episode on Military Mom Talk Radio. Thanks, everyone, for being with us today. We sure do appreciate it.
Thanks for tuning in to Military Mom Talk Radio. Want more information? Check us out at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com or find us on iTunes for more than 200 free episodes. Drop us an email or find us on Facebook. We are looking forward to another great discussion. We hope you'll join us on Military Mom.